Hour number two, kicking off here in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Let's hit some hour two headlines. Recap us on things we missed from yesterday, Sam. Thanks, John. You're welcome. Uh, some news in women's college basketball. Star it better be Caitlin of Clark. the game. Absolutely, it's okay. Caitlin Clark. There's only two stories I care about right now. Caitlin Clark and does Kelly Harper get fired? Okay, yeah. That's fair. That's very fair. I guess if South Carolina loses in the SEC season, I'll care a little bit about that because they're undefeated, right? So I guess I don't know. <laughs> they're still undefeated and undefeated in conference, okay. obviously. So like if they lose, maybe I'll care about that. But until they lose, I don't care about South Carolina either. Before you get to that, and I'm not sure why, but I was curious. I checked out because Lady Vols won last night, and I checked out where they are in women's bracketology. Are they in? Nine seed. Okay. Better okay. than I thought, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I guess they avoided, like, the bad loss to Vanderbilt a couple weeks ago, and losing to LSU was disappointing, but, like, it didn't hurt you because LSU was good. Yeah. Since we're talking women's basketball, what matchup would you rather see? Caitlin Clark rematch against LSU and Angel Reese or Caitlin Clark versus South Carolina? Undefeated streak. And team, like, revenge from last year because she beat them last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. That, that's like the best women's basketball game I've ever seen. No, it was that. a great game, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. I watched all of it. Um, I'd like to see him, I'd like to see her go against Angel Reese again, honestly. Because LSU's been kind of quiet this year, but that's kind of where last year they came in as a three seed and then went on a run, and they're still the champs until they beat them, but like, or get beat. But, yeah, I was wondering. Because, I mean, the South Carolina undefeated streak versus like America's darling revenge, I think that's a pretty big story too, but I do think we like the drama the messiness of Angel Reese versus Caitlin Clark. I think you'd get more media talk. hype out of the LSU one. I think I don't those know. girls are a little more I, I don't out know. there in the media. I mean, Van Lith and Angel Reese are two quote-unquote stars. I don't know if Van Lith's necessarily a star, but she's somebody you know. Uh, but Don Staley is the biggest yeah. coaching star. Sure. I mean, she's been the most consistent star of the last you know five years. After I saw that, we, we shared it. We talked about it, that Angel Reese uh, – chatter against the lady vols yeah. um just makes me dislike her even more i mean it's it's she was she was right <laughs> what she was saying but I, it's funny that it went viral because like i remember watching it at the time and just that was like right when around the time i'd turned the game on and just watching her trash talk and asking that girl how many points she had and like no you ain't talking to me like, oh, it's pretty good it's pretty good it is good anyway caitlin clark sucked it came at our um <laughs> Caitlin Clark headed to the WNBA draft. Not exactly a surprise by any means, but not going to be taking advantage of uh, the the COVID year that she's eligible for. Obviously, the by and large favorite to be the number one pick uh, by the Indiana Fever. How about that, Bob? Yeah, Fever, America's <laughs> America's sweetheart. At least when it comes to sports, I don't think she's passed Taylor Swift for that title yet for America's sweetheart. But going to the homeland. Uh, of basketball, I don't. Do people like the Fever up there? Do they have? Yeah, they're pretty bad. They, yeah. uh, well, they 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 had their first round pick was from South Carolina last year. Is it Butler? Is that her? I forget her first name, but uh, she's a big, and she's been good. So you know, it's good building blocks between her and Caitlin getting together. That could be good. Um, Aaliyah Boston. Aaliyah Boston. Mm-hmm. That's it. I was gonna um, say I don't remember a Butler, but I yeah. remember that name. Um, so yeah, I, I think yeah they're. Oh, they'll they'll definitely rally to 
support the team it, with it, her coming. It made me happy seeing Dar- Darren Rovell get dunked on. Oh, yeah, right? I, I hate that guy. I'm glad you brought that up. Such a business, sports business expert. I guess he doesn't do that anymore. He's just a gambling guy now, which doesn't who doesn't know anything about gambling. I don't know how he necessarily found himself in that lane, but talked about Caitlin Clark taking like a $750,000 pay cut or whatever he called it, and everyone quickly was like, no, bro, all of her deals are national. She doesn't have to be in school to have her quote-unquote NIL money. She just has endorsements. Like, they'll follow her to the WNBA. And apparently that's a new trend. There was a girl last year that I don't, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Boston or I don't, I don't know. But they said, like, basically the biggest star last year that left had a similar setup where all of her NIL deals were not through the school's collective but just brokered maybe through them but, like, signed with national brands. So, like, State Farm is still going to sponsor Caitlin Clark. Yeah. She'll right. still have that national – that Van Lith girl is an Adidas sponsor when, like, LSU's a Nike school. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, maybe that. And I mean, I know Angel Reese got a big bag from from Shaq, and was it Reebok, I believe, that oh, Shaq yeah. took took yeah. advantage or took – I think so. Took uh, leadership of. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure she got a big bag from that. So, like, I'd say she's in a similar position that, yeah. you know, people make fun of the WNBA salaries, which, I mean, they are, they are kind of bad when you look at the – the idea of being a professional athlete. I don't want to get into the economics of it. I'm not saying they should be paid more or whatever because the league doesn't make money. But when you look at the minimum salary there being like 60000 the maximum salary being like 250000 I would say that is a pay cut for a lot of these big women's basketball stars. I'd say Angel Reese does make more and Caitlin Clark does make more. But they'll be able to supplement that with, with income made from endorsements. I'd say Caitlin Clark will continue to make seven figures – to the first parts of her WNBA career. I was going to mention Ravel if you didn't. Uh, I think it was Nicole Arbach who, I mean, there were there were a lot of people dunking on him. She, like, <laughs> she baptized him. I mean, she was like, she was basically like, I can't, you know, let's get this straight. I mean, she was just throwing down on him. I what, loved it. What did Darren do? Did he ever back off? Did he say that he has women friends <laughs> and that he's allowed to talk about this? Did he say... I don't know. I don't know if I, well, at the time when I saw it, I, I there was no response from him. So maybe he did something afterwards, but um, yeah, it's kind of a common sense thing. Honestly, it is crazy. Um, he's a moron. I, I, <laughs> such a loser. He's the first person I think I've actually like hated in media. I just find him just to be insufferable. I just find him to, he's just he's the worst about he's the worst in terms of being insufferable while also just being wrong and having no self awareness, but thinks he's the smartest person. Tweets just like random pictures of sports memorabilia whenever someone dies. You know, I don't know. I'm blocked. I've been blocked. I don't really know what he tweets. Uh, <laughs> you blocked by him? That's yeah, great. Yeah, I, I just saw him get dunked on in this regard. Just the the Kate Upton. He had that weird thing where he made her uncomfortable on a show by proposing to her, and everyone's like, "Get off your knees, bro! You're being creepy." And did he really? Yeah, yeah. He tries to like confess his love to her. I don't know if it was a proposing, but tried to ask her on a date or something, and they were trying to do a bit, and it was gross. And then, then he also like got duped. He wrote that big story during the NBA lockout about how like some escort service was losing like seven figures because the NBA players don't come to their cities anymore, and that was just a completely fabricated story that he didn't like vet it all and he wrote it on ESPN he's supposed to be some serious journalist then we started gambling like he was a gambling expert that didn't know anything about gambling people in the industry there dunking on him the black history month thing was maybe as bad as it got the 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 black memorabilia and people are getting mad at him he's like well I have so many black friends or they're calling him racist he's like I can't be racist I have so much 
uh, Martin Luther King memorabilia, and some of my friends are black. I just hate that guy. Um, Ravel did respond. What did he say? He responded to Nicole Arbach, first of all, saying 800000 at Iowa on what is essentially a salary, 80000 in WNBA. I didn't say anything about endorsements. Then he put another post up a little later that said, I see a lot of people still don't understand how NIL works. In most cases, the schools are paying these kids through collectives. Most get paid to show up at charitable events for the money. That is a salary. And that's all he said. It's like. No, it's not. Yeah, I know. I know. No, I know, but like, I, yeah. it's. it's 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 crazy that he just can't ever be like you know what oops my bad and I, there's a part of me that respects it you know he he keeps <laughs> tweeting through it he keeps sure. gnawing like whenever you find yourself in a in a bad situation Sam you want to be like a little rat and you just want to keep gnawing gnaw your way out of it just keep eating until you get out and and he does kind of live that way. <laughs> he, then somebody one of the first comments wrote I see you don't understand. CC Caitlin Clark hasn't taken a dime from an Iowa NIL collective, and then Rovell said different conversation this year. The next person writes, "It's not a different conversation. You're wrong. Take the effing L, dude." <laughs> <laughs> she gets zero from Iowa. It's all from endorsements. It shouldn't be this hard to understand. Pretty embarrassing, as this is supposedly what he's good at. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's great. And there was another one recently with the the Logan Paul, Jake Paul, the uh, was it Prime, the Prime drink. And, like, he was arguing with somebody about what anecdotal, like, evidence is. And he's like, no, it's not. You know, I just saw this firsthand this weekend. They're like, yes, that's exactly what that means, dumbass. Oh, uh, yeah, then it just spins last thing. It just spins into other people. Sniping. Everyone hates him. No, no one no, likes him. But other people sniping at each other. Somebody wrote, Caitlin will have no market after the initial WNBA buzz. This whole debate is a joke. It's just the Oregon girl all over again. And so the next person writes... Hey, that Oregon girl has one of the most popular shoes in basketball right now, especially the NBA. That's weird. L L M A O. It's just uh, well, it's the beauty of X. We know how that gets, but uh, but he started it. Ravel started the fire with just ignorance. I've never really thought of the women's basketball shoe game. So I, I guess the women's like so. Ionescu has her own signature shoe that that girl hoopers wear. Apparently so. I mean, it's yeah. actually a good looking basketball shoe. I Is think, it too, really? Yeah. I think so. Well, I mean, I feel like we don't make those anymore, like in terms of good basketball shoes. I, I don't feel like there's, there's one that like the you know the that really has a hold of the the streets and the culture. Like it doesn't feel like there's a – I mean, is it Durant's? I mean, I know Kyrie's had them for a while, and then Kyrie, you know, he got canceled with his Nike deal and all that. They kind of went away, but I know that was a popular hoop and shoe. There was somebody I knew who, who – a guy who – got women's shoes that because he liked how they looked and i mean you can do that like women's like jordan's because yeah. i've seen some like version of jordan yeah that it was, good, it was like some the, sort of nike shoe i can't recall what the what the line was but it was a nike shoe and i'd like to see your friend out there hooping on saturday mornings <laughs> in the sabrina ionescu's yeah, though like yeah like hot pink or although there's a lot of guys wear the pink shoes now you know just because she's a woman bob her shoes doesn't have to be pink she could have just a, a pair of that's true. Of white shoes. Yeah, I think they look pretty solid. I'm do they, looking them do up they right release now. them men's sizes and stuff? Like I would assume. Because I, mean, I know Jordans obviously have women colorways that are you know specific to women, and and I, I've had some friends that have bought those too, and vice versa. I have some. You could be kind of upset if I couldn't. Shoes. Honestly, you could just plus up in the women's size. Yeah, I, I think. Right. right. That's all you do. Yeah. Um, Maybe the width, though. You know, it would be pretty funny to see your friends pull up in some <laughs> Ionescu's, though. They only sell them in women's, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. 
roll up in the Caitlin Clarks. That's disappointing. Kind of like these shoes. Look at what Darren Ravel has started. He's a content machine. Yes. It's just he's always at the wrong end of the the content. He's on the, the butt end. And while I was sifting through his post, to your point, John, most of what else he posted for the last 24 hours has been about memorabilia. He's such a nerd. Is that the only headline? Did you give us one headline, Sam? Do you have anything <laughs> else? I've been talking about this the whole time. <laughs> Shohei Otani got married in, in silence yesterday. That checks out. Um, yeah, you know, a guy who loves keeping his keeping his personal life very, very close to the vest said he got married to a, quote, normal Japanese woman. That's what I was going to ask if, yeah. if, if he was – because I think, I think Japan would be pretty, pretty sad had he went to America and found him a white woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. He, he found himself a nice Japanese woman. That's good. Um, yeah, didn't tell any of his teammates, basically. Just kind of... He didn't announced. invite them? No, he just announced it. This is, you know, I saw something. Uh, it was kind of paying, paying homage to, to former Yankee Hideki Matsui. Apparently, back in the day, him and Derek Jeter made a bet that... Uh, like one of them would get married before Derek Jeter would, mm-hmm. and they didn't know that Hideki Matsui had like a girlfriend for a long time, and then he just proposed to this girl and won the bet and won a bunch of money off nice. these guys. Nice, yeah. So uh, yeah, Shohei's getting Shohei's getting married. Um, another one, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Some NASCAR news. Uh, he's leaving NBC, going to racing newcomers, Prime Video and Warner Bros. Discovery. Um, I know he's taking this year off, I believe, of calling it because they start in 2025, uh, that new broadcast with Warner Brothers. Uh, but, yeah, Dale Earnhardt leaving NBC to go kind of be their lead guy, I would assume. I'm not the the biggest NASCAR expert compared to probably a lot of our fan base, but I think uh, this seems like a, a big move for, for Amazon and Warner Brothers. I had no idea that – Warner Brothers Discovery was getting into the NASCAR game. Had no idea. Me neither. Warner Brothers Discovery and Amazon, are they connected? or No, Warner Brothers Discovery is, you know, the Turner Network. Right, right. So that. you're saying it's going there? And Prime Video. They're, yeah, they're partnered together, I guess, on this. Okay, well, that's what yeah. I'm asking. So, like, is Amazon and them going to partner up and maybe and do just stuff? for the, yeah, just maybe for this NASCAR, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, yeah. yeah, they're not one in the same company, obviously. No, no, but yeah. Maybe. I was asking if they were partnered up on the sports okay. side of it because, yeah. like, Warner Brothers is doing the thing with ESPN and HBO as well, or I guess ESPN and uh, Fox, excuse me, as well, right? That's they're a part of that yeah. alliance. So, like, are they just double dipping here? I, I think maybe it's just a, it, yeah, it might be just, it may be a collab. It may be just like what we see with other networks with other sports too, where each of them have a piece of the pie, and Earnhardt's cutting a deal where he's got the ability and the latitude to go to both sides, you know, and. Kind of like it's different sports, but Herb, it, it is football. Herb Street's doing Amazon, but he's also ESPN. You know, it's pro in college, but it's still football. So, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I just don't watch enough NASCAR to even know if Dale's that good. I'm sure he's good. You know, he's been doing it for a while, and he's certainly got the right perspective. But He's beloved, too. Yeah, yeah of I mean, course. I, I don't know if this is accurate, so don't scream at me, NASCAR fans. and. <laughs> I don't want to deal with Jake when he comes in here like, John Reed, you're a dumbass. <laughs> but, like, it still feels like Dale Earnhardt Jr. is the biggest NASCAR star in the world. Like, he hasn't raced the last, you know, he's retired the last, you know, handful yeah. of years. But it still feels like he's the biggest name in NASCAR. He's still the one I think of first. Maybe that's one of those things that isn't a, a hot take at all. Maybe when everyone else is like, yeah, duh. <laughs> Maybe, but it still feels like he's the biggest guy. So, like, him, him – 
jumping and going somewhere else is noteworthy. I guess it makes sense for Amazon to get into the NASCAR game. They just want to get in as many sports as possible. We haven't talked about it yet, but this weekend, right, we get the the the, the tennis match. Are you guys aware of the tennis match? No. No. Is this okay. like the match for golf but tennis or what? I don't know what they're calling it. I don't think they're just calling it the match, but like, or maybe they are, but it's like Rafael Nadal versus Carlos Alcaraz. Okay, yeah. They're just doing it on Netflix. I don't know, like, what's at stake. I don't know, oh, it's like, just them two. It's nobody. Yeah, else. no, it's just them two. Okay. Yeah, they're just getting together and playing, and like, and it's live on Netflix. It's live what? on Netflix. So yeah, yeah, it's another, I guess, feather in the cap for Netflix as sure. they're getting ready for Monday Night Raw, and they're going to do more sports. And you know, they did the Love Is Blind finale live that was kind of a disaster. So I guess they're kind of low stakes, but enough to where people will want to watch. The Netflix Slam. The Netflix Slam. Okay, yeah, I was going to say I don't, I don't think it was just called the match, but. I guess they're not doing a good job advertising it, but I've seen it a lot when I've got on Netflix, at least. So, like, Netflix is advertising it to its 100 million subscribers, which I guess is all they need. Yeah. And maybe tennis fans are, no, like, no. Maybe tennis fans might – I don't know if it'll be like, hey, I'm going to go sign up to, you know, on Netflix because I want to watch this exhibition or whatever. But See, smart timing. We talked about the match for golf, and I still think the, where they slotted it during the week was not smart. Um, this is Sunday at 3.30. I think that's – that's actually, I think that's a great time right now because there's not much else happening. Sunday at three thirty. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good slot. Yeah. Saturday you'd go up against college basketball, and Sunday you'll pretty much go up against nothing. I guess the NBA is doing their double headers a on ABC NBA. now. Yeah, and a little, you know, final round of golf, but it's kind of a middling tournament, quite honestly, for the PGA. So, yeah, that's a good move. It doesn't say anything on that flyer about what what's at stake, right? No. I mean, I'd imagine there's got to be at least like a cash prize or something which by the way did you guys see that the uh the match nine brought in the lowest viewership of all of them so far which you know, checks out to so many but i mean like it, it it lost significant viewers like to be the lowest okay it could be just to come in a little bit lower and you know that's tough the the previous low was seven hundred eighty-two thousand viewers this one brought in five hundred eleven thousand. so i mean that's a pretty big decline there yeah i think the product of the matches have been diluted i haven't even watched like the full ones of the last three or four i, I, I just found myself highlights i found myself watching a lot of the the warriors chiefs one last year i watched I the whole even, thing of i didn't that. watch any of that one strangely enough and maybe sadly enough maybe i shouldn't admit it but i, I bet on it <laughs> i bet on it i was just like you know mahomes is good enough and kelsey you know you get like plus three hundred. Like, you took their like football duo on <laughs> to like the golf I like, course. Plus, I was like plus three hundred. Like it just felt like too big for an exhibition. Like I don't know. That was right. I made good money on it. This this is what I back to the tennis match. Netflix's broadcast team includes tennis greats Andre Agassi, Andy Roddick, Jim Courier, Mary Jo Fernandez, and Patrick McEnroe. Uh, Kay Adams is kind of the host. But that's a ton of talent, like on-air talent. You know, in the golf, I get that because they're wandering around holes and everything else. This is – I'm going to be interested to – I'll watch it just to see how they balance the booth. That's just a lot of people. I'll check it out. Yeah. I'll check it out. Let's go to break. We'll get to the phone lines afterwards, 865-546-8200 if you want to weigh in. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Everybody.
got a couple of uh, submissions, Bob, for 2019 home game against Kentucky as the biggest regular season game. You know, bigger than this one. We talked about biggest regular season game since 08 Memphis. Got a lot of love for that one. The stakes around that one, both teams came in ranked in the top 10. Both teams came in ranked in the top 10. It, it was big. Tennessee was in the middle of, you know, an SEC championship race as they're trying to, you know, catch LSU. Of course, neither one of those teams did. Tennessee was also trying to complete what I imagine was one of the first regular season sweeps of Kentucky in a long time. Can't imagine you've done that too many times since you don't win at Rupp Arena too many times. So I'll say that one's big. I would agree. It deserves in the conversation. You know, Tennessee didn't get to a one seed afterwards, so it kind of plays in with what I'm talking about, like knowing the result and, you know, the hope and all of those things that play into it. Because you didn't win the SEC championship and you didn't get a one seed. You didn't go to the Elite Eight. It didn't set up a big magical run. So knowing that, maybe it takes a hit in history. You said we got a caller on the line, Samuel? Titans Bill. Titans Bill. Titans Bill, good morning. The floor is yours. Hey, hey guys. How y'all doing? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. You know, you brought up Netflix. There's one television movie that I urge you not to see. Oh, you urge me not to see it. Okay, so this is a bad movie. It's called Mia Copa, starring <laughs> Kelly Rowland. So you're, so hold on, Titans Bill. You're out here watching Tyler Perry sexy lawyer movies in your free time? Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Rowland from, from uh, Destiny's, Destiny's Child. Child. Yes. yes. Wow. The movie plot explains... Kelly Rowland portrays May, a lawyer grappling with marital issues that are exasperated by her husband, Cal's overbearing mother, who is also battling cancer. Amidst her turmoil, Maya takes on the case of Zaire, a famous artist accused of murdering his girlfriend, Heidi. I'm imagining that her and Zaire have a little steamy rendezvous as well, as what I'm imagining happens, Titans, Bill. Can you confirm or deny that? Yeah. You know, I you know I you know I respect Tyler Perry. Several of the shows that he has that I you know that I that well three at least three of them are on BET that I really do like. Okay. Uh, you know, Sisters, All the Queen's Men, and my number one favorite, The Oval. And I've become to be a big fan of Karan Moore. Who played plays the first lady on that show? Okay, I haven't heard of Oval. You know, I was thinking like House of Pain. I was thinking that would be in your wheelhouse, maybe a little sitcom action. Uh, no, I'm more I, I I I'm more I'm more turned on to his his dramas than I than he, than I am his comedy. Fair enough. So you prefer. The dramas, so you, yeah, you didn't mention anything about Medea. Uh, she's too lowbrow for you. So you're more of a Sistas and Oval guy, and then yeah, you, and, uh, and you decided and to ride that into Mia Copa. 
and all the Queen's men. But Mia Copa, man, folks, don't waste your electricity. Wow. 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. What about, what about House of Pain? He said no. He said he don't like the comedy. No House of Pain? He likes the dramas. I'm not, turn, I'm not turned on to Perry's comedies. Okay. It's the dramas that I like. 27% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 0% from Titans Bill. Stay away from Mia Culpa in case you were thinking about watching it this weekend. That is uh... if you want to if you want to watch any dramas by Tyler Perry, go to BET. Some deep cut stuff there, man. That's uh, I have a whole different view of you now, Titans Bill. Just because that's uh, you're not just going. I mean, Tyler Perry's developed kind of a mainstream following, but boy, a lot of this stuff is uh, new to me. Find you a man that can watch his westerns. Right. They can also appreciate some good dramas on black entertainment television. Exactly. Titans Bill is a renaissance man. Do you have something on Netflix that you would recommend our audience? Oh, boy. Um, let's see. Well, The Irishman. Okay. Too long for me. I, I read the book, not to brag, Titans Bill. I'm a little bit of a scholar myself, but I haven't bothered with the three-and-a-half-hour movie. That's- I thought that was too long. I think that's more of a mafia type movie. Yeah, yeah. That stars De Niro and Pesci. Very long mafia movie. Titans Bill, my roommate's uh, grandpa used to be a, a driver for the Teamsters. Ah. What are, what are that odd means he doesn't give a damn, Sam. He, <laughs> he completely no sold your, your roommate's who? Grandpa. Your roommate's grandpa? Okay. All right, Titans Bill, anything else? Uh, no, that's it, buddies. I just wanted to. Give you a little review on on that on that Mayacopa. Okay, I'm, I'm looking forward to you having a new review. This is your new segment on the morning show. You can do movie reviews for us. So find us something to talk about next week, good or bad, because I'm quite of a movie buff myself. Okay, and, bye-bye. And, hey, hey, Titans Bill, before you go, do you have any other streaming services you're involved with, like Amazon Prime Video or? Hulu or because we'll well you know that well yes I have Amazon Prime Video but uh well who well you know who owns Max yes Warner Brothers Discovery correct it's my old employer and of course I can't pick that up wow. but I can pick up Peacock and I also can pick up. Um, Netflix. Just find us a movie, Titansville. I'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. You you can't throw your hands up there, Bob, and I'm taking the time to tell you about the subscriptions because you asked the question for some reason. I don't know why you asked him what all because, he has, what all streaming services he had. Well, the reason I'm asking is if he's gonna if he's gonna contribute with some movie recommendations, it's got to be beyond Netflix. Netflix is still the goat, though, or yeah. at least the the juggernaut, the McDonald's. Maybe you can't call it the goat, but it's it's the McDonald's. They got everything. They got the biggest customer base, and and quite frankly, they probably got the best, the widest selection between quality and just absolute terrible movies. The fact that we're talking about a Kelly Rowland movie. It's a lot right now. It's a lot for me to handle. You didn't like Freddy versus Jason? Uh, no. I never liked any of that stuff to begin with. Not a scary movie guy? That genre stuff. Not really. Maybe when I was younger, but... Sam, you a scary movie guy? Um, 
Yeah, I, like I, I don't get scared of like not watching them. Like I don't seek them out. I'll watch them if somebody wants to watch them, but I don't exactly. Okay, it's not my preference of movie, but I'll watch it if anyone wants to throw one on. I guess it'd be a little weird if it was your preference, but I do like them. I guess maybe it might be my preference. Like I just take like an action genre. movie over a horror yeah. movie. That was the only other Kelly Rowland movie I could think of was Freddy versus Jason. Pretty sure she gets her head cut off, <laughs> if I remember correctly. So she got b- bigger acting career than maybe I'm at. No, no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. There, there's only a couple. There's only a couple. Um, yeah, that that was uh, not something I would say I saw coming for today's show. It was uh, something something warming to me. You know, America maybe isn't as divided as we think whenever Titans Bill can, can sit there and enjoy some BET television and and appreciate sisters and all the king's men or all the queen's men I guess I should say maybe we're not all so different but stay away from Mia culpa it's no good it's no good I feel like we have to take a break after that it's the morning show on fan run radio hey guys Segments brought to you by SM Athletics. Spring is here. That means spring athletics also right here. I can't even say around the corner anymore. I think it's just time. I think it's just time. If you have uniform, equipment, screen print, or embroidery needs for the upcoming season, give SM Athletics a call. Excellent customer service. Great products at a fair price. And when they say it is done, it's done right and on time every time. Don't chance it with unreliable mega stores or online orders. Give SM Athletics a call today. Locally owned and operated right in the heart of West Knoxville. Well, I don't know if you can say that. It's more like Farragut and the beginning of West Knoxville. I don't know what the heart of West Knoxville is. It's in West Knoxville slash Farragut. Eh, more West Knoxville. What would you call that area, Bob? West Knoxville, if you think about how it feeds into school systems, that one would be close because it's usually below Pellissippi Parkway, means yeah. Farragut, but it might even be Hardin Valley there. Yeah, when I say heart of West Knoxville, I'm thinking like West Town Mall. To me, that's yeah. the heart of West. To me, that's the heart of West Knoxville. So I, I, I yeah, can back that off a little bit. It's nah, not... Fair to say West, West, West Knoxville. Okay. Give SM Athletics a call, 865-966-3434 online at smathletics.com. Going to talk some college basketball slate in Hour 3 with our weekly segments, our weekend bet away with Eli Herskovich. I've been listening to their On the Lines podcast, Becoming Smarter, about both the NBA and college basketball. I've enjoyed that. I'm excited to talk to Eli today as we look at the the season-defining weekend in college basketball, or at least will go a long way into defining the season for some of these teams. Gigantic game. Tennessee-Alabama was ranked as the best game of the college basketball week, and neither team lost. You know, you think back to we had the gigantic weekend in, was it uh, December, I guess, or when was that? When was the gigantic weekend? Then everyone lost. It was It was the week maybe where Tennessee played North Carolina and – or no, Tennessee played Kentucky and North Carolina played Duke and 
You, yeah, that was January. You're right. Yeah, yeah and everyone kind of right. lost leading into that. Yeah, absolutely. Neither Tennessee nor Alabama lost. The matchup still carries as much weight, if not more, than you thought at the beginning of the week. Yeah, Eli and I exchanged some notes uh, yesterday prepping for today. He's definitely going to be spending some time talking about Tennessee-Alabama as the game of the week and then also about Dalton Connect. I'll be interested to hear what, you know, he might have a little bit of thought about him, you know, as far as sprinkling in some stuff for his awards. I haven't seen those lines get posted anywhere. Sam, have you seen those anywhere? Have you seen the updated Dalton Connect, Zach Eady, National Player of the Year odds? Because I feel like we might have missed the boat to have a chance to sprinkle anything because, you know, it got up to 20 to 1, it was around 15 to 1 for a little bit, and then it started trending the opposite direction. I'm seeing 25 to 1 at this point. Do you know what website that's on? Is, this, uh, is it active anywhere? Looks like DraftKings. Okay. I hadn't seen any updated odds, so I actually downloaded DraftKings. That's one I don't use to look for it. I did that earlier in the show today. Yeah. But I hadn't got around to searching for it. So 25 to 1. Eh, maybe worth a flyer just in case he goes nuclear over the last couple of games and people are just desperate to vote for somebody besides Edie. Maybe. Think, think about the legend. He's already, he's already, in my mind, pretty much a legend for Tennessee fans. These next three games, if he shows out, I mean, there's no question then that he's like on that Mount Rushmore. I, I really believe it. Next three games, and then he's going to do it in the NCAA tournament. Let's get to the phone lines. Let's grab Matthew. Let's see. Matthew, do you got a movie review for us? Are you going to counteract and say Mia Culpa is actually good? You talk at Dalton Connect. What's on your mind? I'm going to motivate you, John. This is not the young, anxious, eager John Reed that I worked with at Four Quarters Radio. You know, okay. He's getting upset about watching noon basketball games. Uh-huh. He's cheering for Florida. Uh-huh. Like, what's wrong with you, buddy? Da, 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 da. You know, they hold the key to Tennessee. You know, they, they to Tennessee having, I guess, at least some – some room for error. So, yeah, I like watching this Florida team, and I, I would like for them to beat South Carolina to take the pressure off of that game. And if Tennessee does lose at Alabama, I would like for them to beat Alabama next week. I'm a big Florida basketball fan right now. Cut that out and save it, Sam. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be a fun weekend, fellas. There's some great games, and we can sleep April the 8th. But, uh, you know, one of the things I did want to talk about this basketball team um, – when it comes to rotation and defense, I've always wondered, you know, this last game we saw, I think, only like seven minutes of Meshack. Don't quote me on that, but I wanted to ask you guys y'all's opinion on Jordan Ganey. You know, I'd rather Jordan Ganey's minutes and Meshack's minutes almost swap. If you look back on last on the last game, they had like Meshack, I think, saw only like seven minutes, whereas Jordan Ganey almost saw 20 um, I truly think Meshack's defensive, the way he guards, I think, allows him to almost have another, almost a sixth defender out there when you're playing with five guys. I really like his effort. Now I understand his offensive woes limit his game, but it would almost like, I guess my question, and this is where I'm coming with it, is like when when playing up-tempo through your post-play, like, would you rather play through play through with just, four on five, because I know you're playing with only Meshack and Jordan Ganey out there, but I don't know. It just feels like when Jordan Ganey and Meshack are both out there on the court, it, it's it's limiting. I'm just curious, like, do you guys wish they would put more minutes on Meshack? 
Well, we've talked about that a lot, and you know, I, the the app I'm looking at on Yahoo has Meshack with 10 minutes. <laughs> That's what I saw. And, and gaining with 21, but also, you know, looking ahead to Saturday, the last time Tennessee played Alabama, Meshack, you know, that was his season high in terms of minutes. He played 28 minutes that game, and was really, really effective. So maybe you see him kind of unleashed on the road against Sears. I don't know about the you know the the lineup combinations. I know. I feel like Barnes has done Meshack a little bit of disservice because I feel like he's been out there with the double big lineup, which I think hurts the spacing on the court even more. You know, I think back to the Grizzlies, the grit and grind Grizzlies, when you had Zebo and Randolph, and that made things really tough for Tony Allen. And Tony Allen pretty much just had to be nothing but a cutter. So that's kind of the role Meshack plays on this. But I would like to see him play more as a small four, you know, like as a four, a stretch four and a cutter for it and be kind of that undersized guy rather than playing with two bigs. I will say that. I think we see more of that tomorrow night, honestly. I, I, I struggle to imagine we see both Adu and, and Tobe in there much to, together like we've seen the last couple of games. I just think the style of the game and the situation is not going to – I I feel that that's just – we're not going to try to – change the the pace of this game or at least I don't think Tennessee should so I I I think you're right John I think we see more Meshack again like we did when they played in Knoxville it may be dumb or it may be so simple that it's brilliant but I just want to see the same game plan you had against Alabama the first go around it worked really well have Meshack out there pressure the ball play small outside of Adu and just kind of bully Alabama that's what they did in game one let's run that back how you feeling about the game Matthew. I, I mean, this is a simple, you know, I'll hang up with this thought. You know, Sam Beard, I'm looking at you, buddy. Give me a Jonas Adu first basket. That, that was a game me and him used to play with Charlie when they would do the blitz. I, I think Jonas Adu is going to be the guy. I, I really do think they don't have an answer down low. I I look for, you know, Toby Iwaka to really kind of have have his ways down there. I Anytime you play on the road, I get it. It's going to be a tough, tough, tough matchup. But if, if Tennessee is going to win this game – uh, Jonas Adu is going to have to get his, in my opinion. Appreciate the phone call. Have a great weekend, brother. 9 of 14, the first go-around for Jonas. 9 of 14 against Alabama. They had no answer for him. Going to be a little different on, on the road, but, like, they had that poor Nelson kid out there. And he looked like a goofy white guy, you know, trying to guard Adu. Like, he, he, he was playing the stereotype there. He fouled out in 17 minutes, really made no impact at all, had no answers for Adu. He looked the same way against Kentucky. You know, I haven't really watched too many games at Alabama this year. Maybe he's a lot better, you know, at home versus on the road, or maybe he's a lot better against bad teams. But the two times I've seen him go up against, you know, the class of the SEC, or at least the most talented teams in the SEC, he's been kind of overwhelmed. And I don't think that changes on Saturday night. I still think he's going to be overmatched by Jonas. When we talk about – Again, pace of the game, and and Matthew mentioned uh, Tobe. Uh, you know, you look back to that previous matchup with Alabama. Tobe was a different moment in time there, I think, as a player. But he only played five minutes. Um, I I still struggle to see him in that kind of game flow. To be honest with you, I think you're right about Jonas. Uh, I have uh, little concern there, and I think he's going to be critical for the team. Uh, it'll be, just be interesting to see how Tope gets utilized in this game. Uh, it, I do think he'll play more minutes than he did in Knoxville, but 
Um, I, again, I, I'd be surprised to see both of them out there on the floor for extended minutes. Nelson's been pretty good in most of the other games. I guess I just saw him when it was two worst. <clears throat> I thought he looked bad against Kentucky. Despite having 13 points, I thought he just looked bad on defense and couldn't do much. And, and Tennessee absolutely punked him. But looking at his other games, he was pretty good against Auburn and, and Broome. I guess that's a, a pretty good big in the SEC. So maybe maybe we just caught him on a bad night. Maybe he has a key to the game. But I don't think he has an answer for Jonas. I don't think he's big enough. Yeah, he's not physical. He's not big enough for Jonas. He's not physical enough for Awaka. So, like, if I'm him, I'm walking around campus today just kind of dreading what's coming tomorrow. <laughs> Everyone's talking to you, trying to fire you up for the game, and you're, you're, you, you keep a strong face. You're acting tough for your classmates, but in the back of your mind, you know, like, you're going up against two grown men tomorrow. You're just a little boy. And you're just a little boy that doesn't have an answer for any <laughs> rim protection. Like, you – what are you going to do to stop this Tennessee juggernaut? Nothing, really. I was going to say, bad. the other thing, too, bad defensive team, which we've talked about time and again, who who do they have that – who do they put on Dalton? Is it Ryland Griffin? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know who they match up against him. They, they've got to do it, though. Maybe they try to bring that Wagyu guy in to drop an elbow or something, start <laughs> throwing some bows. They send in the goon. I don't know, but, like – they don't seem to have an individual matchup, and that's part of what happened to them You know, when they came to Thompson Bowling. They couldn't stop Tennessee. Tennessee scored 50 points in the first half, followed it up with 41 more in the second half, shot 48% from the field. I don't even think Tennessee really – I mean, I guess 35% is a pretty good number from three. Hitting 10 threes is a solid number. I guess I don't expect them to do better than that on the road. But, you know, just just kind of had their way. Got open looks all night. Forced a bunch of turnovers. You know, the first game, that was kind of the key. Tennessee had only seven turnovers to Alabama's 22. Yeah. So if you're Alabama, that's probably what you're preaching. But at the same time, Alabama at their best is reckless and fast, right? When they're at their best, they're going fast. That's going to lead to some turnovers against good defensive teams. Alabama only shot – 21 threes in that game too which for them is that's light well again i I talked about a couple days ago but they only had i think two in the first half right so i mean on the second half they kind of unlocked it a little bit and shot a bunch of threes with that being said they scored fewer points in the second half than they did in the first half so shooting a bunch of threes didn't lead to a bunch of points for them now they'll shoot better at home role players typically do in the nba College players typically do in college. Being at home typically leads to better shooting percentages. There's no doubt about that. The correlation does equal causation in that scenario. But Tennessee has shown they can go on the road and score, and that's why I have a lot of confidence in this game. Tell you what, I'm looking at that last box score from Knoxville. If Vescovy can get 10-3-5 like he did in Knoxville, I'm going to say we're going to win. I just... I, it just feels like such a distant memory at this point for him. On the flip side, Josiah Jordan-James, one point. <laughs> yeah. 0 for 3. What is their deal? I, I know we say we don't – maybe maybe we don't even actually need them to score. We, we talked about them needing 16 points and blah, blah, blah. But, like, with Jonas being so good and Zakai being so effective at times this year, like – 
maybe you don't need Santi and, and Josiah to do anything. Maybe just play good defense and move the ball. Maybe you can win without them being able to score. I don't know. Wasn't it interesting that Polinski, and I'm glad to say we, we were talking about Josiah before the, that segment, but he obviously yesterday talked about Connect, but one of the you know second or third guy that he mentioned as far as a contributor on the floor in that game was Josiah. Yeah, I don't know if that's him trying to gas his boy up and they're constantly yeah. trying to look at the positives, or if he's just like, hey, we know the fans are going to look and see that he didn't score, but, man, he made a huge impact. He And – he, he's he's embraced that, that you know that that role that I've talked about him being in for so long, and you could actually say that because he's been here for five years, and for the last three and a half four years he's been this guy. But like he's Draymond Green, yeah. Draymond could dominate a game defensively without really doing anything offensively, and Josiah's not that good, but I mean he he was pretty damn solid defensively against Auburn, and he's going to be a key to stopping and being versatile and switching out and doing things to stop Alabama's perimeter attack. And I don't find him as uh, timid on shot-taking as Santi is right now. You know, he, he he doesn't shoot much, but he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to pass on an open shot like we're seeing Vescovy do from time to time. Yeah, no, I mean, Josiah has shown this year that he is willing to shoot the basketball – 18 shot attempts against Kentucky on the road. He had it going. He was great against North Carolina State. If you are guessing right now, Bob, what is Santiago Vescovi's highest game in terms of field goal attempts this year? In terms of a number? Yeah, you can give me a number. You don't have to give me the actual game. Yeah. Um, I would say eight. Trick question, because he did go off against Kansas early in the year and shot 16 times. But outside of that one outlier performance... It is nine. Nine times against Tarleton State, nine times against Ole Miss, eight times against Vanderbilt. Like He's got one double-digit attempt game this year. And it was early against Kansas. And he actually had it going that time. He's like, okay, the old Santee's back. No, no, no. That was just kind of an outlier. <laughs> Sam, you got a... Anything over there on the phone lines? Any questions? I heard you say they're going to ask. Is it? Yeah, he was asking if just kind of like what happens if we go worst case scenario, basically. And we oh, drop and three? Like, yeah, like a couple down the stretch, lose one in the SEC tournament. He's like, what do you. Well, I appreciate him not asking us that on the air. Yeah, that was I would have like, yelled at him and said to, said to cheer up and, and be positive. I mean, if Tennessee goes 0-4 down the stretch, I'd say there's a possibility they drop to a three seed. But, like, I, I, would, I think the three seed's the absolute floor at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Is there still a chance they could even be a two seed in that scenario? I think maybe still be a two, yeah. Maybe, but, like, I, I think uh, three I think three seed probably happens in that position. And, you know, you, uh, you probably feel like you wasted an opportunity, of course. Sure. Bobs are low. I promise you, though, if like if that were to happen, and Kansas even goes like two and two, and that yeah. they'll they'll move up, they'd move past them. Kansas, I, yeah, I just think, yeah, I think Tennessee. If that happens, and it, you know, let's we're gonna stay positive. I don't see how that possibly could, but if it did, I'd, I'd say three seed. I'm with you, John. I don't think they retain a two seed at that point. Yeah. Unless other teams just collapse as well, and I mean that could happen. But. You flip flop with Alabama at least, like they'd be seated ahead of you. I don't know if Auburn would pass you, but probably. I mean, because they're gonna w- they're gonna win their last three games, and if you lost your your next three, they they probably move ahead of you. 
assuming they win those games and then don't lose the first round of the SEC tournament or the first game. But I don't even want to contemplate that. What are we talking about here? Yeah. 0-4 to end the season? Yeah. We haven't showed that all year. No wow. reason to do it now. I mean, Rick Barnes don't lose four games in a row? Nope. Does not. I don't care who you play. I got to lose four in a row? Bringing me down. Making me sad. He sounds like the one that had a sick dog. Let's talk some NFL after the break. Let's 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 get to something else. We'll get back to the weekend of college basketball at 920 with Eli. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. A brand built.